just flagging. I ordered a pizza. It was supposed to be here about 45 minutes ago, but they're delayed. So yeah. <laughs> I may go, I go, I go MIA for like two seconds while I answer the door. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> That's fine. Instead of pretzels, it's going to be pizza this episode. <laughs> <laughs> Bonus episode. There's already like 7 million podcasts talking about pop culture and all that. Makes us happy like shooting at a womp rat. But it's all been done before. And we don't want to be a copycat. We're the leftovers picking up the scraps. Dropped by the cool kids. It, it, it's a trap. Good it toss it, good it taste it. Do we love it? Hey, let's race it. Can't erase it. Let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture. Carry over counterculture. Push over pop culture. Leftover. Uncool kids. What's to say's already been said. Leftover. Pretty sure that the only talent is the band that's singing this. Pop culture leftovers. Joker here, the Clown Prince of Crime, and you're listening to my least favorite podcast, Pop Culture Leftovers. <laughs> hey, welcome to Pop Culture Leftovers. I'm Brian. I'm Jake. And we're the, the leftovers. leftovers. Yeah, Jake. Uh, bonus episode this week. Uh, we're going to be talking about all this uh, DCU news that's been, you know, coming out over the past few days. And uh, Jake, it's been crazy, man. I don't know what they have planned for the DCU going forward as far as like intros, like if they're going to change the whole banner and intro. But I think this would be a fitting one. Hold on. <laughs> Sands through the hourglass, so are the days of our lives. It's a fucking soap opera, Jake. Yeah, yeah, it definitely seems like that. So, wow. Yeah, man. I, <laughs> I wonder, like, James Gunn talking to Kevin Feige over the phone. We know it's happened. We know these two guys have talked about this. I mean, do you think it's like... You know that you have to talk. James Gunn has to bring up the fact, like, do I really know what I'm getting into here? You know, like, because this is we're talking about an established universe since 2012 that's possibly getting blown up here, Jake. Yeah, and James Gunn is so in the mix with all of it too, which is like so different than than Feige's approach. Like, I don't think I've really ever seen Feige get anywhere near in the mix with with fans like James Gunn will. No, I mean, well, it's always been like a trademark thing with him, like always being on Twitter. And uh, and, and it just I think the closest Feige has had to deal with anything like this, not not on not with the fan base is probably when they started branching off doing like Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and having to kind of like 
deflect all the Netflix, Jeff Loeb, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. type shit that fans were wanting to see injected into the main MCU. This is like on a whole other level, though. Yeah, it's it's wild. I I, I don't know. I, I think James Gunn had a pretty good idea what he was stepping into, though. Yeah, he, he knows fandom. I mean, look at look at what happened to him with his relationship with Marvel and then coming back and everything like he he knows how toxic fandom can be. I think he gets it. But like, I don't know if he knew exactly how many questions and things that he would have to field <laughs> while this was all going down. I don't know, man. It seems like a lot. I mean, I I got to give guy, the guy credit, but let's let's get yeah. our And I, I enjoy his social media interactions. But I don't know. Maybe he'd be better off if he just kind of went radio silent from here on out. I mean, I would miss it. Don't get me wrong. I, I purely enjoy it. But I I don't know. I don't think it's doing him any favors being so uh, talkative with all these people at this point. Yeah, I agree. I do agree with that, man. But right now he's kind of like the only voice. He's the like we can't listen to anybody else. There's really nobody else that we can listen to as far as like going like it used to be henry cavill was like the guy that everybody would like wait to hear what he's got to say he was kind of like the dceu cheerleader we were all waiting to hear what cavill had to say about any like upcoming news or things like that while we were waiting for these movies to come out and now it's like we don't know what we have and so it's like we're hanging on james gunn's every word he's always been like a social media presence I don't know. Let's get our guests in here. We are not alone, Jake. We've got Joe Stark from Starkcast. Welcome, Joe. Hey, stoked to be here. We've also got Stephanie Chapman from Seen It Movie Reviews. Welcome, Stephanie. Hello. Let's rock and roll. And the man, the myth, the legend, and my Snyderverse brother in arms, Philip Guillet. Welcome back, man. Hey, guys. Thank you so much for having me back. It is great to be here. Thank you. Fucking fantastic to have you on this episode. Uh, we are going to be breaking down all this crazy DCU news that has been dropping over the past few days. Uh, we know we're getting <laughs> so, hello. Is that some hello? hello? No, that was <laughs> sorry. That was my chair squeaking. That's fine. Oh, and not only not only do we have squeaking chairs on this episode, but Stephanie might have to get up and and intercept the pi- <laughs> intercept the pizza that she ordered. <laughs> So, yes, <laughs> Stephanie, you just let us know when the pizza has arrived and go on <laughs> we'll mute do. and we'll know when not to call on you. Um, okay. On Wednesday, December 7th, there was an article from THR that came out that was titled Patty Jenkins, Wonder Woman 3, Not Moving Forward as DC Movies Hit Turning Point. And uh, that was just the title. So we're just thinking, oh, OK, uh, Wonder Woman 3 not moving forward. That's odd. Wonder Woman, you know, has been pretty popular, even though Wonder Woman 84 was like not that well received. Uh, I didn't expect all the news that this article entailed, though. It just didn't stop at Wonder Woman 3. It went on and talked about many other future projects. Um, the article is talking about James Gunn and Peter Safran, the two guys that are in charge of the new direction of the DCU. Uh, the duo in recent days flew back to Los Angeles from the snowy city of Aspen, Colorado, where they were huddled in deep planning. And now like holy figures coming down from the mountaintop have set have sets of commandments or a DC Bible in hand or at least a working blueprint. Gunn and Safran are expected to meet next week with David Zaslav, the Warner Brothers Discovery CEO who is radically reshaping the media company and who hired the duo uh, 
in October to lead a newly launched film and uh, TV division. The pair will unveil to Zaslav a plan that is expected to lay out their vision. Although much of their plan, which insiders paint as a as a still a work in progress and one that has yet to be approved, is being kept deep in the Batcave. Details of several possible paths forward are trickling out, and at least one path not being taken has also been revealed. They're of course talking about uh, Wonder Woman three. Multiple sources tell Hollywood Reporter that Patty Jenkins Wonder Woman three is not moving forward. And is considered dead in its current incarnation. Sources say that Jenkins recently submitted her treatment co-written with Jeff Johns and that Gunn and Safran, uh, as well as Warner Brothers uh, Pictures co-chairs and CEOs, Michael DeLuca and Pamela Abdi broke the news to the filmmaker, telling her the project as it stood did not fit with the new but still unfolding plans. Jenkins directed and co-wrote the previous two movies starring Gal Gadot and released in 2017 and 2020. No decision has been made about next steps. Uh, and while costs are not a factor, insiders say DC Studios will not have an overburdensome financial restrictions. The studio could end up saving tens of millions of dollars by not making the third installment. Uh, Godot, according to sources, was on track for $20 million payout from Wonder Woman 3, while Jenkins would have received $12 million. Uh, Warner's had no comment. Um, yeah. I mean, let's talk about... Um, Let's talk about this, the, 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 this supposed cancellation of Wonder Woman 3. Um, let's see here. I've got other news when it comes to Wonder Woman, but I, I guess I just want to get your thoughts on this. Jake, I'll start with you. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's sad. It's definitely a casualty of what's going on. But like I've talked before on this podcast, I, I think if you're going to start a whole new DC movie universe – you have to start clean. I don't think you can have any holdovers or the fans will never see it as the next new thing. I, I think you have to wipe the slate clean and move forward. And unfortunately, you know, Gal Gadot, Wonder Woman is going to be one of those things that's definitely going to be missed. But I just don't think it works or the fans will ever see it as DC, you know, EU 2.0 until you clean the slate. So I, I think it's the right move. Any other thoughts, guys? I'm just curious what you guys thinking about all this well, news. I, I think when you look at the the first two Wonder Woman movies, the first one was really, really well received. But I mean, really, it's it's really only two good acts. The third act in it is it's kind of a mess. And then the the second Wonder Woman movie, I mean, it was. I I feel like the entire thing was a mess, and and I know she was far more involved in the writing part of the second movie. And so depending on what sort of treatment she had planned, I mean, I, I don't even know where you go from that third movie or from that second movie. So depending on what sort of stuff that, that you know, the new people in charge, what sort of direction they want to take it, they must have given her a very narrow lane and she was just not having it. And I don't know. I, I think I'd, I'll miss Gal Gadot's portrayal more than anything else because there was some really, really shining, brilliant stuff in the, the first two acts of the first movie. So there's definitely something there that could be worked with. And if we never see Gal Gadot again in the role, I think that'd be kind of sad. I think it's I think it's over with. I, I think I don't think we're going to see her come back. 
Um, and I think we're going to see fans kind of rally against it. A lot of fans rally against it and a lot of people not wanting the change. But yeah, I, I, I'm with Jake here. I think if you're going to start over, you have to wipe the slate clean, unfortunately. That means, I mean, saying goodbye to a lot of of these characters that worked and some of them that didn't work. I just, I just don't see any other way around it. Um, James got another article. This was what fandom wire had to say about everything. They were talking about how it really wasn't up to James Gunn. They said the newly formed DCU once again gets into messy puddles as one as wonder woman three stands canceled director, Patty Jenkins, who directed the franchise's first two movies is clearly unhappy with the decision, but it's not why you think it is. James Gunn, the newly appointed co-head of the DC Studios, was put to blame when Wonder Woman 3 was canceled. But according to several insider sources, Gunn had nothing to do with the removal, but it was Patty Jenkins who walked off the scene. It is no secret that everyone assumed that it was James Gunn's decision to cancel Wonder Woman 3 after he joined the DC Studios as the co-head. According to an insider, however, James Gunn had nothing to do with it. As per the rap, when director Patty Jenkins went to Michael DeLuca and Pamela Abdi to show them her vision of the upcoming movie, the duo politely refused, stating that the script needed a different direction. Michael DeLuca and Pamela Abdi stated that the movie needed another direction that was right for the franchise and the character. Uh, Patty Jenkins wouldn't hear of it and reportedly told them that she would simply cancel the movie and move on to another project. The insider stated that the duo of Michael DeLuca uh, and Pamela the, – the insider stated that the duo of Michael DeLuca and Pamela and Abdi know that they were wrong, that they didn't understand her, didn't understand the character, didn't understand the character arcs, and didn't understand what Jenkins was trying to do. Patty Jenkins also allegedly sent an email to Michael DeLuca that ended up on a, on a Wikipedia page with the definition of the word character arc visible. The insider also reported that Patty Jenkins had no intention of heeding James Gunn and Peter Safran's decisions and didn't care about their input. Quote, she just doesn't want to allow them to have a seat at the table to have an opinion on something new that she might come up with. Um... So they're saying that that Gunn and Saffron didn't even get to look at the treatment, the script from her and Jeff Johns, that it was Michael DeLuca and Pamela Abdi that said, you need to go into a different direction. And when I heard about the direction of where she was going to be taking Wonder Woman 3, honestly, it didn't surprise me. But it's it sounds ridiculous. I don't know if you guys saw this. The script involved Diana Prince placing Steve Trevor into the Lazarus Pit, where the League of Assassins would use his enhanced strength to go to war against Themyscira. The film ends with Diana leaving him in care of Task Force X. Yuck. Listen, listen, it doesn't surprise me. You can say, oh, that sounds ridiculous. There's no way that she would try to bring Steve Trevor back for... A third film. Guy died in the first movie. They bring him back in the second one. There's no way Patty Jenkins would try to bring Steve Trevor back in Wonder Woman 3. She loves working with Chris Pine. 
There is no doubt about it, guys. Like, they worked on that TV series together that was on TNT. She'll try to find any – and I don't – I'm not shaming her friendship with Chris, with Chris Pine at all. But she will find literally any way to work with that man. It is wild. And I do believe that she probably tried to find another way to work with Chris Pine again. So I'm not putting it past these rumors that they're not true. Yeah, I buy this 100%. I Even before – I hadn't read what the synopsis was yet. But before you read it, I'm like, surely it involves Chris Pine being in the storyline <laughs> once again. Like I – yeah, I, I completely buy this. No, a hundred percent. It it just sounds like it. And what's what's wild too, and, and I wonder if this was one of the easy ways to push it off is that it's like the way you brought him back in the second movie was so problematic. And and now you're just gonna retread that same ground but do it in a different way. Nothing about that movie sounds interesting. It it just seems like it would be just a, a, a further degradation of of the, the quality of the stories that they're giving to this excellent character. There's a lot of misconceptions about what James Gunn can and can't do now that he's there. Um, I got, I found this information out. I'm not 100% sure if it's true, but before signing on the DC train, director James Gunn was not allowed to change anything regarding four upcoming DC films that they have been working on. According to the insider, there were four ongoing enterprises that, quote, nobody was going to mess with. The list included some well-known names such as Matt Reeves, The Batman 2, J.J. Abrams, Superman, Todd Phillips, The Joker 2, and Patty Jenkins, Wonder Woman 3. So that was, I guess, the list of untouchables that James Gunn and Safran were not allowed to change anything regarding. And so this sounds like, if that is true, that this is coming down from... You know, Pamela Abdi and uh, DeLuca, they said, huge pass on the script. We don't like it. What else can you give us? And she was like, I'm not doing this. I'm going to move on to something else. And I feel like with Gunn and Saffron in there now, if the rumors are true that she doesn't even want to listen to what they have to say, that I think that this project is dead in the water. I really do. I think that we've seen the last of Patty Jenkins doing anything DC re- related. Well, this is also now the third. This would be the third time that she's done this because remember, guys, she was the original director of Thor two. That's correct. And that that she was the reason why Natalie Portman agreed to come back at all, and the reason why she left Thor: The Dark World was because what she wanted to do with the character didn't align with the the trajectory of the MCU at the time and that there were certain like uh, you know like rules that that the plot and the characters would have to follow and she didn't do that and by then Portman had already signed on and Portman was so salty about it that she didn't come back for Ragnarok and then there was Rogue Squadron which apparently she left is that is that confirmed that she's left it a hundred percent, or is that still kind of like uh, well, one of the Rogue Squadron is dead? I mean, it, it's the it's the same thing. Like Rogue Squadron is dead. Um, it, if it was her decision or not, um, I, I I don't know. But this is this is the second project of hers in less than a year that has been was announced with fanfare 
and then summarily canceled. So, uh, yeah, this is, I mean, no matter what, this is bad for anyone's reputation. Uh, I, don't, I, I mean, I, I, I'm trying to, I'm trying to, uh, I can't, I, I mean, I, I guess I don't blame her for leaving if like that's the vision she had and, and the studio entrusted her and Jeff Johns to come up the script and the studio didn't like it. Then, I mean, I guess it's, that's her decision to walk away from this. So, mm-hmm. um, I don't see anything. I mean, I, I think we were, <laughs> regardless, I think even if the movie got made, we're looking at a completely like a like a rehaul as far as like anything in the DC going forward after it. So I think this just makes things a little bit easier for Gunn and Saffron. Agreed. That may be, but we still got Shazam two, Aquaman two, The Flash, and the Blue Beetle. Which I don't know what universe the Blue Beetle is taking place in, but I mean the suit looks similar to how like the DCU suits were. That can so all be that can all be taken care of and rectified with reshoots. I mean, if they put okay. anything, if they put anything in the in the Blue Beetle movie that has anything to do with like the main DCU, the, the DCEU as we know it now, that can all be taken care of with reshoots. Uh, and that's the one I would be like the least concerned about. Um, but I mean, th- the Flash has been in the can for like two years now. It's and- not. It's it, the the rumor is though that that movie is not locked. I'm going to get to all that later. But the 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 film itself is not locked. Okay. Basically, meaning they could change so many different things in the Flash movie. Right? They can. They can they can still make those changes in the Flash movie to not affect what's going forward. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it would just be this a is, standalone is Flash movie at that point. Well, not even when that. I- it, it, it not even standalone Flash movie. I'm saying basically it's like the end of the Snyderverse, right? Like yeah, instead of passing the baton, it, it puts the torch out. Yeah. Isn't Aquaman 2 coming out afterwards, though? Because I thought The Flash was June, and I thought Aquaman 2 was December of, of next year. Mm. Let me pause here. I'll find out. Yeah, it comes out. It says December 25th of next year. Well, Merry Christmas to all of us, then. Oh, yeah. <laughs> So I wonder how that's going to go because Aquaman 2 was purposefully pushed back to come out after The Flash. Hmm. So do we yeah. do we know why Aquaman 2 was pushed back a year? Was it because of the Amber Heard stuff? Maybe they thought they should put a year in between the the very public trial and the release of that movie. I mean, it might have been. I wouldn't be surprised. I'm sure Ezra Miller is why, or or at least one of the primary reasons why the Flash was delayed. Um, so the the any sort of PR um, uh, it, problems with a main cast member. Um, but I don't know if it was ever officially stated why Aquaman was pushed back so far. Because it was supposed to be December of this year. Apparently, James Wan had some statements about it. Um, 
Also, Shazam 2 was delayed as well. From what I'm seeing from them is this that they needed more <coughs> time on the movie. Uh, Aquaman 2's delayed is largely the result of production issues. Director James Wan took to Instagram to explain to fans that he simply needs more time. His post included a number of breathtaking graphics, which only shows the surface of the aquatic world he and his crew are trying to recreate, trying to create with Aquaman 2. Uh, he hasn't even gotten to the more mystical and magical creatures of the universe, but he's determined to create the best film he can. Additionally, he pointed out the new release date is just days apart from the original release date of December. What? Uh, okay. He's talking about the original film. So, okay. I think that that's just a very company man answer it probably has to do with a lot more probably does have to do with like the old amber heard of it all which i've heard that they're keeping her in and not taking her out um yeah i've heard she has a a even more meatier role in this movie than she does the last one yeah i've heard that volko is not like um in the movie as much as as she is so um yeah that's interesting yeah, I don't know. Wow, that's too bad because she had kind of a fairly huge role in the first one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I don't know how you, I don't know how you wrap up a universe with with Aquaman two. That's a great question, Philip. I don't know how to answer that. You think that the movie that would wrap all this up would be the Flash? Would be the yeah. Flash, unless you know, in this timeline, they're making the events of Aquaman two pre Flash. Which still is super confusing, not only to to us people that are following it, but for everyone else who isn't following it. For that to for that to possibly be the movie that we go out on is just bizarre. Um, let's talk about the rest of the DCU films here. The rest of the DC slate. This comes from THR as well. Remains in flux, or at least is being kept in. Uh, in a, it kept deep in a pocket of, of Gunn's own utility belt, but there are several rumors and possible scenarios to consider ahead of next week's meeting. The first, which builds on the shuttering of Jenkins Wonder Woman 3, is the closing curtain of the Snyderverse and the heroes cast by filmmaker Zack Snyder for his Justice League. This one sees the shutting down of Man of Steel 2 with a returning Henry Cavill and having no more Aquaman fronted by Jason Momoa. These characters are to cameo in Flash – the highly anticipated time travel adventure movie that is due to release June 16th. Cavill shot his part of the cameo in September, but sources say there is a debate inside the studio as to whether or not to keep the cameo. And if its inclusion promises something that the studio would have no plans on delivering a Warner, a Warner's insider cautions that no plans have been finalized and that the flash remains an unlocked picture. Um, here, I'm hearing that the rumor, of course, we've been hearing that the rumor is that um, um, Aquaman, Aquaman star Jason Momoa will not be playing the character anymore, but is rumored to be playing Lobo going forward in the DCU when it's rebooted. Um, also, another Aquaman star, Yaya Abdul-Mateen, the second who played Black Manta, is rumored to have jumped ship to Marvel to play Wonder Man because he saw the, he saw the writing on the wall and he wanted to be ahead of all this. And then my time to shine. Hello, a big time scooper 
on Twitter says Aquaman 2 has screened no Affleck. It wasn't an older cut and that's how it and that's not how it works. They probably shot that scene with Affleck in case the movie comes out before Flash, but now that it's coming out after they kept Keaton and removed Affleck. So they shot the same scene twice with two different Aquaman. With excuse me, with with two different Batman. Just in case it came out before. If it came out before the Flash, if Aquaman 2 came out before the Flash, they were planning on using Affleck. If it comes out after the Flash, they're using Keaton because that was the direction that they were going to go in was the Keaton direction as being the future Batman going forward in the DCEU at the time. But now with Gunn and Saffron in there, I don't think any of it matters. I don't, I don't think it fucking matters which Batman you have in there because another rumored project now said to be dead in the water is a Batman Beyond project. This rumor came out from El Miambe, uh, Humberto Gonzalez from Heroic Hollywood, who said the solo Michael Keaton Batman movie everyone's been talking about that Christina Hodson was writing was in fact the Batman Beyond movie. And that sounds like it's dead in the water now, too. Do you think they'll have any Batman whatsoever in Aquaman 2 at this point now? I don't know. I mean, Why not just cut all of it out? Make, make Aquaman 2 as like much of a solo movie as possible at it this point. Doesn't make, well, I mean, it doesn't make sense to have Batman popping up in there. Just like it might not make sense to have Superman popping up in the Flash movie at this point. I mean, are they just going to if it's if it's not a locked picture? I mean, do we just get both of these? Do we just get Shazam two, The Flash, and and Aquaman two, and like that's it? Like, that seems like, like the most likely scenario. Like no teases for the future at all. Like it's just all like at the end of it. Like that's the end. Yeah, why cock tease fans? I mean, that would just be rude at this point. You know, they did it in Black Adam, though, just now. Well, yeah. that's I mean, the no. rock bit off more than he could chew is what it sounded like. With well, I mean, that movie was locked before Saffron and Gunn were involved in this. And, 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 and again, these guys were not able to touch certain movies from that. And so the, the insider said that those guys weren't able to touch those movies. So whatever they kind of had planned for those movies still kind of made it in. Like how much influence does Gunn? And Saffron have into like these movies that have already, you know, been in production at this point. I, I don't I think that I don't think it's a gun and Saffron thing at this point. I think it's a studio thing. Like the studio is like, well, we're not going we're going to we're listening to what gun and Saffron have to say. Why do we, why as a studio, why would we put teases into things that aren't going to come to fruition later on down the road? Yeah, absolutely. All it'll do is confuse your fans. We're already confused. Yeah. <laughs> Go ahead. I'm confused right now. And it also sounds like they're not entirely sure where they, what direction they want to go in. So just adding teasers is just going to not add confusion to us, but it's going to require them to then stick to something that they've teased or maybe feel obligated to do that. And I, I mean, listen, 
I think I think Gunn and Saffron know what direction they're going to go in. I think the, the, those guys know where they're going to go. It's just about what do we do with this Snyderverse? I hate to use the word like the Snyderverse residue that's still sticking around. <laughs> Philip, I know you hate me for saying that. Trust me, man. There is so much That's in the. All right. There's it's so right. much in the Snyderverse that I still want explored. Like, I'm not yeah. going to agree with everything that everyone has to say about moving forward. Me personally, I was 100 percent on board for, Ca- and we're going to get to the Cavill stuff. I was 100 percent on board for Cavill coming back as Superman. 100 yeah. percent on yeah. board, man. I was 100 yeah. percent on board. I think the guy has gotten a raw deal ever since. Uh, ever since there was, there were issues in the DCEU and, uh, cause I thought Man of Steel was fantastic. I think the guy's gotten a mm-hmm. raw deal and man, I was really getting excited for him to be able to work under a different director and us to get a proper Man of Steel 2 movie. But I think like that's all kind of like out the window now with everything that's going on. So, which is like he just made like a couple of weeks ago, he just posted a video on Instagram. On his Instagram saying, and it was the first time that he was able to say, yes, I'm back. Yes, there will be more. Like it's, I can't even begin to imagine how many over the year, over the almost the past decade, how many Superman questions that he had to dodge when he was doing things like uh, Mission Impossible or Enola Holmes. It always came back. To Superman, and he always sort of gave the, the 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 same answer. Like, and the Instagram post was the first like time he was able to like come out and say it. And his involvement in Blackout, albeit very very minimal, yeah. But that was a last minute. Uh, edition that's uh, apparently it was filmed back in like late August, early September. So it's basically like the zero hour. Yeah. When it was included. So that his involvement with the film, again, it was minimal, but it had nothing to do with the old management. It had nothing to do with, with Hamada. Like that was like the first one of the first like major decisions since since Zaslov took over is putting him back in the movie. Zaslov also said that Superman has been sidelined for too long. Um, and, and The Rock echoed that. He was also talking about Batman as well. And it's like he gets put back in the movie. It's not a faceless cameo like Shazam. It's not a silhouette like Peacemaker. Um and it's not like just a, a poster. It was actually him. And the audience response was largely positive. See, that's the thing that I really don't get to is that these not only these characters, but also these particular actors, there is a significant portion of their audience that these actors are endearing to. And it's like, it's not just that we love Wonder Woman, we also love Gal. Like, we want to see her come back. Like, she was absolutely charming. And and just a, a 
wonderful performance as well. And just seeing her like uh, just overall presence, even when she's not in character, it's like she seems like a legitimately good person. Like and, and Jace Momoa, too, and Ben Affleck, we feel like we've been a part of, you know, just like close and seeing this, the the struggles that he's been through and the things that he's overcome. And then there was the Jason Momoa um, um, Instagram post where he revealed that Ben Affleck was coming back. Like, yeah, you had your humming and huffers, but it, the response was largely positive. So that's the thing that I don't get is that you still have movies to come out. So even if something is announced, we're still going to have to wait. Like if this slate is going to be wiped clean, okay, fine. I got nothing to say about it. Like I, I, I have nothing to do with it. It's, it's going to happen. If it, if it's going to happen, it's going to happen. But even if there is an announcement, we still have over another year before that slate can be wiped officially clean, you know? And I hate that we're still, it's not just so much questions, but it's like, I feel like I'm abused. Like that's the thing with my, remember when I was on the Dr. Strange episode and I said, when I, when, when I saw John Krasinski as Mr. Fantastic, I said, I felt like I got a hug. It's not because of any sort of like, uh, you know, Oh, he'll give a great portrayal or I love John Krasinski. Although I think he wouldn't, I do, but it's like, that was the, biggest most obvious fan cast like that was specifically for us that was a gift to you yes we saw the pictures we think they're great here you go here's your john krasinski as mr fantastic that is how much we love you and with this i feel like it's just one punch in the face after another we get henry cavill back and now he's taken away it's like blue beetle more like blue balls like i got cock teased so badly and this just makes it even worse. So I'm – believe it or not, guys, I'm trying not to have an opinion on this because we don't know yet. Yeah. That's all I'm saying to myself all day, every day. Well, let's wait until we have an official. Let's wait until we have an official statement. We've had rumors like this before depending on credibility. Some people t- – OK, whatever. So I'm really trying not to have an opinion on this. I hope that some of these – characters can come back in the incarnations that are endearing to a significant number of people um i i do understand that they're not for everyone the thing that i don't get though is that especially if the flash is opening a multiverse there is so much potential for all of these different ones like you could have a keaton batman you could have a battinson and a batfleck because of a multiverse so it's like the opportunity for the exploration of all these different characters, you could have the Snyderverse continued in HBO Max, or I guess will be Max soon. Like it doesn't need to be theatrical. Um, you could have like the Joker two and the Batman two; those could be theatrical. You could have one that's HBO Max. You could have another one that's like uh, like uh, um, a, a TV show like the Arrowverse. You could do all this. Like, why can't they see that there is a way to make everyone happy? The people that love Momoa as Aquaman, 
great. Here you go. He still is. For the people that don't, there's this other pocket of the universe where it's this guy. If you didn't like Cavill as Superman, um, you have Tyler Hoechlin on Superman and Lois. You have that, and you would still have you could you could have um, uh, Michael B. Jordan that film, even though that's another one that's been dead. Like you could have that, you could have this, all this possibility through the multiverse, and yet the most obvious answer seems to be eluding them, and I cannot, I, I don't think I will ever understand. Why? Why I, th they I think a majority it's of it comes down to so some of the spending that they've been doing for the service, number one, for HBO Max, which is going to be Max. I think like keeping the old stuff maybe just popping up on the service is it just it the cost of that just doesn't make sense to them. Like they're seeing how much money they're throwing into this stuff. And I think they're going to go. I think they're going to be going back to a more of like, uh, of, 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 uh, like for the, for, for a lot of this content to be theatrically released. And if you're going to do that, you have to have, I think that Gunn and Saffron are just going to want to have one streamlined universe as opposed to multiple different projects going on. I think it comes down to money, Philip. Yeah. And yet you see Marvel doing that with ease. I mean, it, there, yeah, there's some debate on whether or not that's a good thing now with the oversaturation of Marvel content now. Um, but the thing is, Marvel is still going strong. And, you know, we go from Doctor Strange 2, Thor 4, the Black Panther 2, and She-Hulk, Moon Knight. It's like, and what if? Like, they are really taking advantage of that format now that with movies the streaming has entered the chat it's not just cinemas anymore it's not just tv anymore um yeah the cost would be good but i mean disney plus is still if it's not in the top three which i think it would be if it's not in the top three it's in the top five they're doing this yes the cost is great but Yeah, I, I just don't uh, know how, how profitable the streaming services are overall. I think all of them are at a loss right now, you know, because they've all been spending a little bit too much on the service. I think like once COVID hit, everybody is like, OK, theaters are dead. We're going to have to start a streaming service through all this money to the streaming service. And they're finding out that, you know, even with their subscriptions going up in numbers that they're not able to. Um, make a, like a big profit. Like Netflix is always in the red. Um, I think like the one that was probably the most successful was Paramount this past year. And, um, I just think that a lot of the streaming services are going to have to change the kind of content that they're putting out because they're putting, they're spending way too much and the returns aren't there. That's why we're seeing like them raising the cost as well for their services. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that's why Netflix is looking at advertisers and things like that. It's because they just can't sustain spending as much as they are. And that's why they're looking at cracking down on passcodes, right? I mean, I just don't yeah. – I, you know, I, I, I think the days of like – 
I think the con, I think the amount of content that Disney and some of these streaming services are putting out, um, is going to go down a little bit because of the price of some of these projects. I don't know. I don't know. I, I just. You'd think it has to, because it, it almost feels like a bubble. And, and with what Marvel did in phase four is just so much amount of content. Like when you compare the, the amount of hours in phase one, phase two, phase three, and then to phase four, it's, it's fucking wild <laughs> how much more is in there. But on the DC side, if you look at some of the the quotes from leadership, like when David Zaslav came in, he said that they're going to focus more on theatrical releases. And and now with James Gunn and Peter Safran, they come in saying they're going to make one big overall connected universe through movies, television, animation, and video games. So, well, I agree with you, Philip. I think that especially among us that are like hardcore DC fans, it'd be super easy for us to keep up with all these different Mm-hmm. different portrayals of the characters and still have it make sense in our head because, you know, DC's got their own multiverse the same way that, that, um, that Marvel does. But I think for casuals, it would just confuse the shit out of them. And, and they're already going to be dipping into that a little bit with the, the Todd Phillips, Joker two, Matt Reeves, Batman two going out. these are clearly not going to be connected to the, the main tissue of what they're doing. And so they're going to be dipping their toes in that pool a little bit. But I'd, I'd imagine these movies are going to have to be wildly successful to continue on because it just doesn't feel like they'd be part of this new overall universe that they're creating. And, and that also goes back to what Jake was saying towards the beginning of the episode, that they really do probably need a clean slate to do what they're going to do and have it be successful. I mean, I talked about that Batman Beyond project with Michael Keaton, uh, THR's Heat Vision newsletter. Like if this is any indication of like – what they are doing over there. They said that um, Christina Hodson was told, uh, you know, to start writing a Batman Beyond movie. And so Hodson pitched her take, which had executives excited and had actually commenced writing when about two weeks after the hires of Gunn and Saffron, she was told to stop. Some Bat fans' hearts may break when we tell them the project was looking to resuscitate a romance between Michael Keaton, Batman, and Catwoman. But as as tough as some of this may sound to some fans, keep in mind that Gunn and Saffron can and will resuscitate some of these heroes. Um, they know and may even love Terry McGinnis. Um, that would really be the perfect vehicle for older Michael Keaton. Oh, yeah, we've talked about that. Yeah, but, whoa, what is, hold on, guys. All right, sorry about that fucking snafu. Um, gee, I love ads. <laughs> <laughs> I, I bet one of the biggest reasons that Batman Beyond doesn't really work, though, is it doesn't fit this cohesive narrative. Batman Beyond takes place way the fuck in the future. And, and if they're wanting to tell stories with, if they're really wanting to reboot things and do the Justice League right, then they need to have a younger Batman. They need to have a younger Superman. Younger, They need to have younger versions of all these characters that can go the distance. Well, I mean, if, if we're getting Michael Keaton already returning in the Flash movie and then they reboot, reboot this whole universe and then we get more of him later on, it just doesn't make sense. Yeah, it's super confusing to casual audiences. Uh, let's get into some of this. Yeah, he was also in the Batgirl movie. Yeah, which got canned, so – yeah. Um, let's get into the Superman situation of it all. They go on to say the Cavill situation is a little bit more 
Thorny as the actor made a cameo in Black Adam, the DC-centric movie released in October. The Monday after the movie opened, Cavill posted a video on Instagram where he announced, I wanted to make it official. I am back as Superman. And at that time, he was not incorrect. Warner Brothers was indeed developing a sequel for two uh, 2013's Man of Steel and actively meeting with writers. Uh, Andy Muschietti, who directed The Flash, even expressed interest in sitting behind the camera for something that would have brought a tone similar to the hopeful and heroic colors of the 1978 movie directed by Richard Donner, considered a benchmark in comic book movies. In fact, the current leadership team at Warner Brothers Pictures, Michael DeLuca and Pamela Abdi, did desire one more go around of the Snyderverse heroes possibly even have even having another Justice League movie with these actors. But that was before Gunn and Saffron began formulating their new and still influx plan. Um, THR's Heat Vision newsletter had even more news about this. They said Man of Steel 2 has stalled out. It's Kal-El with kryptonite ankle bracelets at this point, not going anywhere. But it was on the move ahead of, ahead of James Gunn and Peter Safran's arrival at DC, even though it's unclear how far that specific incarnation would have gotten. Sources tell us Stephen Knight, the creator of TV series Peaky Blinders and C, and writer of movies Spencer and Eastern Promises, penned a treatment for the project in the fall. Unfortunately, it didn't thrill Warner executives who gave notes before things could go to the next level, which may or may not have included hiring another writer, given Knight's very busy schedule. Gunn and Safran were hired, and development promptly ended. We're, again, another project in very early stages. The first one, Batman Beyond, Christina Hodson writing it. Two weeks later, stop. Now, Stephen Knight... You know, creator of Taboo with Tom Hardy, Peaky Blinders, starts writing a uh, Man of Steel 2. Now, Gunn and Saffron are hired. Development ends. So, I mean, if you just put two and two together, it's telling me that out with the old, in with the new. Absolutely. It's them clearing the board to make way for the new game they're setting up. What's so weird about this, though, is like we still have movies that are being – listen, we still have movies that are going to be coming out. Shazam 2, Aquaman 2, The Flash. But on top of that, I feel like even as those movies are coming out, we're going to be getting announcements and teases for the next – stage of the DCU. Like we might not like, like, like Shazam two comes out and then we're hearing about like what Gunn and Saffron have in mind for the future. And we've still got, you know, the flash movie to come out. We still have, we still, you know, like it's like, it's like, it's like if Kevin Feige were to come out and give us like, this is stage, you know, I'm going to show you phase whatever of Marvel and and it's like I don't know how to explain it's just it's weird like if he had another like another part of Marvel that was going on that had not completed yet and he's talking about the next phase where everything's going to change or something I don't know it's just these yeah I hear it, it yeah like if he was talking about post endgame before Infinity War came out 
<laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, that's exactly where I was going with. I, that's that's a perfect analogy. That's kind of what I was trying to say. It's like, you know, let, let's talk about like what's what's to come when we haven't even finished like what this current incarnation is. It just seems wild. Like, and on the flip side, it makes me think, why would I even care to go see Shazam two? Right. Why would yeah, I think right. Warner Brothers is smart enough to know that's the case. I, I actually think that they'll keep the next thing under wraps until the very last minute. I don't think they're going to be talking about the new DCEU. So you don't think that James Gunn's going to say a goddamn thing until Aquaman 2 is in the can and out, in, uh, out on screens? Yes. Okay. Okay. I don't buy I mean, it. I think he'll okay. he'll do what he, he's always done and dispute fans that are promoting false facts. I think I we're going to hear there's going to be any like deadline reports or Halloween Hollywood Reporter reports that are official reports of the beginning of the next phase before. I mean maybe for sure not until Flash is here and gone. Maybe they won't they won't give a shit about Aquaman too. I just I just can't see us not hearing about like projects that are like in development. Like Gunn and Saffron have hired so and so to be to direct this movie. You know? Like I just How do they keep that stuff under wraps? How yeah. do you keep it under wraps? I, I mean I mean and you know that 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 they're they're gonna start different. They're gonna start hiring. They're looking at people right now. They're 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 looking at what projects. I'm gonna get to like James Gunn addressed some of these things here in a moment that I'm gonna talk about. But it's like you know he's gonna be looking for directors for like his next Batman project, his next Superman project, his next whatever project. And I can't believe that we're not gonna be hearing about hirings and and actors that are being looked at i i just can't believe that we're going to go the next year and a half without hearing shit i hear what you're saying and i i agree that we're going to hear about shit but i don't think they're actively going to promote the next thing until post snyderverse i mean san diego you know the next san diego comic-con that comes up i can't see gun and company not wanting to show up or like you know, I don't think I, I think they might be done with DC fandom that like gun might be like, OK, that's we don't do that anymore. Let's just do SDCC, whatever. So they show up to San Diego Comic-Con and they got and we're just what are they talking about? Aquaman 2? I can't believe. Yeah, hell yeah, that. we're putting Amber Heard on a pedestal. We're cheering for her and then we're moving <laughs> on. <laughs> I can't see gun not taking advantage of San Diego Comic-Con and, you know, getting getting people pumped up for like his first phase of. You know the DCU. I don't know, man. I, I, I just I think, think I think I think Flash and Aquaman, but I, I don't think we're going to do it before Flash. I mean, yeah, before Flash, that's fine. I mean, we're looking at. I don't even know about that. I don't even know about that. It's just. I think it's going to be very hard for James Gunn and Saffron to be very tight-lipped about this. Absolutely, yeah. because I mean, but it is such a tight line that they have to walk. Because, like, what Jake was saying earlier, that if if they are talking about this stuff that's going to be new and different, or maybe you were saying that, Brian, that what even makes you want to go see this new stuff? Yeah, I was especially saying that. with the Flash mm-hmm. has already got so many problems with it, and what is an Aquaman sequel? Is is it? 
do, are they having to change these things so that they they wrap up all by themselves? hundred percent. It's 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 a really really weird tight wire that they're having to walk with this because absolutely they're going to want to take advantage and and promote these things and strike while the iron's hot and there's still all these people with eyes on them and that's when they can get interest up for these things. But how do you fire up interest for the future without burning what you've already got in front of you, especially since they've already burned other projects that they spent millions of dollars on? Yeah, it's got to be a Warner Brothers mandate. I think James Gunn would want to promote the shit as fast as possible. But why would Warner Brothers want to fucking cut their own legs off before they have a chance to sell them? You know, like I it's just bad business. I completely agree with Brian. Like the second you start talking about the next universe, what do I give a shit about any of the other stuff for? And Mm -hmm. I, I think the people at Warner Brothers have to be smart enough to know that a lot of people would share that attitude. I don't know. Or maybe the opposite. You could promote it as the final thing. And that's what finally gets DC fans to actually show up in the theater in the first place. You know, maybe you promote Flash 2 or Flash 1 and Aquaman 2 as the swan song and then people actually show up. I mean, maybe that would work. And and it just works so much better in my head if they release Aquaman 2 first and then just redo Flash so that it just resets everything. And then At this got point, I don't nice... think it matters. I don't think I don't it does think either. I don't no. think it either. I, I don't think it fucking matters at all. Yeah, they could release half of one first and the second half of another next. It doesn't matter. And I don't think they <laughs> want a movie starring Ezra Miller to be the baton passer to whatever James Gunn is doing. I think James Gunn is better off not having that be the baton passer to whatever he's doing. I, I wouldn't so want that, any part of my next. Then. Yeah, I wouldn't want any part of my next universe to be handed to me by an Ezra Miller fucking Flash movie. I, I'd want no part of that if I was James Gunn. That's the one they should cash in and and you know be like, hey, for tax reasons, we're never going to show this to anybody. That I, it's it's wild that they did that with Batgirl and not the Flash. I agree. It's money. They've spent so much more money on the Flash. Everything was leading this. I, this was also from THR's Heat Vision newsletter. They said that everything was uh, all these cameos that we were going to see in the Flash movie. It was all leading up to uh, sources tell us that cameos in forthcoming DC movies of next year would have breadcrumbed to a giant tentpole movie inspired by the now classic Crisis on Infinite Earth comics of the 1980s. That comics miniseries featured multiple timelines and heroes from other dimensional Earths. And just as the Flash movie was returning Michael Keaton and Ben Affleck in their Batman incarnations, this new movie project would have returned Cavalous Soups. And I'm hearing another scoop here from My Time to Shine Hello on Twitter was saying, as of now, the ending of The Flash is still the same with Cavill not part of the new new timeline. So it's – Yeah. You know, another thing is I see a lot of people so mad at James Gunn because of the No Man of Steel 2. And yes, he may be the reason it doesn't happen. But honestly, you should point your anger towards Warner Brothers because there was 10 years post Man of Steel 1 where Warner Brothers didn't do shit and did not make Man of Steel 2, where James Gunn had zero say whatsoever in whether or not that did or didn't happen. So I think it's a load of bullshit to take the whole no Man of Steel 2 and shovel it all into James Gunn's lap. I A lot of that needs to be shoveled into Warner Brothers' lap because, come on, if they wanted to really do Man of Steel 2, they could have done it a long-ass time ago. Well, they've all been fired since then. I mean, yeah, you're absolutely right. They've, it's been uh, uh, 
almost 10 years. I mean, it was uh, um, June of 2013, I think, when The Man of Steel came out, came out. And not only has it been almost 10 years without a sequel, there's been, it's always been back and forth. And, you know, again, like Henry Cavill having to dodge, like, the questions with such diplomacy and having to do that. And everyone behind that decision is gone. So, I mean, yeah, I absolutely do agree with you on that. And James Gunn has been in charge for less than a year. And for some reason, this is all his fault that we're not getting Man of Steel 2. I mean, not even they, close to a year. Yeah, it's it's just been a couple of months. Yeah, exactly. It's ridiculous to put the blame on him. Honestly, yeah. I, I'm glad that we're going to get a definitive yes or no whether or not it's going to happen instead of just Warner Brothers twiddling your dick with Man of Steel 2 for the last fucking decade. It's not, it's not Gunn's fault. It, Gunn is just coming in there. Gunn was told to do a job. Him and yeah. Saffron were told to do a job. Gunn, I think, realizes the best way for him to do that job is just to wipe the slate clean. And, and sadly, probably one of the casualties of wiping the slate clean is going to be that fans are not going to get a proper Man of Steel 2 with Henry Cavill. It's going to yeah. always be the movie that – you know, like after Brandon Routh was done – I was mm-hmm. just like, okay, we're getting this new guy, Cavill. This is going to be their guy. Like this, like now we're not going to have this issue. We're not going to worry about the future of the character going forward. We've got our next Superman for the next decade. And it's like, we did, but we didn't, right? Yeah. Yeah, correct. And it's like, I'm at the point now where it's whatever the decision, even if the gun is pointed at my head. Just pull it. Like I, I'm, 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 I'm done trying to figure this out. I'm done trying to piece together credibility from all the shit that I'm hearing about one place or another. I'm sick of trying to decipher any potential like coded messaging in behind the wording. Is it and how meticulous is it? You know, uh, I, I'm I'm sick of doing this. So I mean, it, I guess. His last name is is very appropriate that it's – even if the gun is pointed at my head, just uh, just just pull the trigger. Just, let's just get this over with. James – I Oh, go ahead. I, let's just get it over with. It's like if I'm going to go through grief, I want it to be definitive grief. I'm sick of this ambiguous uh, – this ambiguous grief. Uh, it's like I, I spent years – trying to be hopeful that these characters could continue not just the characters but these actors like they have they've brought a lot to me they brought a lot to like the people that I speak with and um I talk about superheroes in my therapy sessions like I mean obviously when appropriate and these characters have brought a lot to the clients that I work with. So I'm not just speaking as like, you know, just like a, a fanboy, like there, there is legitimate like care behind this. And yes, I wanted to do well. Um, but it's like, I, I've spent years trying to be hopeful. And then last year with, you know, the shift, the changing of the guard, basically, um, you know, I, was very hopeful and then 
with the recent Black Adam, it it's it was like it, it felt like faith was being rewarded. And now not only am I back in square one, but I feel like I'm in an even worse place because now we're hearing all of these things going up. It's like I'm 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 done with this. Like I'm just pull the trigger even if it's pointed at my head. I don't care anymore. I just want to know. <laughs> I also think never say never about these characters returning either. James Gunn is a savvy enough businessman. Uh, yeah. Crisis is a big enough story that, you know, eventually they're going to want to touch on it. At, I mean, look at the numbers No yeah. Way Home did. Ten years from now, all of a sudden, yeah. there could be these characters again in their universe and people would lose and their fucking brains. I think that's time removed. Thing, yeah. Yes. That's the thing, too, is that even still, there is some, like, legitimate reasons to stay hopeful. And James Gunn has been doing uh, – I mean, he did um, a, a Guardians of the Galaxy, like – and he knows, like, how to keep in touch with the fans and to know – not necessarily give the fans what they want, but at the very least listen to them. And again, it's the John Krasinski is Mr. Fantastic thing. It was a way of acknowledging, yes, we see you. Yes, we heard you. Here you go. We care. And Here, here's uh, proof that he couldn't do the role very well. <laughs> <laughs> Stop asking for this. It obviously is not good. I just but think – um, showed acknowledgement and – yeah. Yeah, absence makes the heart grow fonder, and I think if we can go 10 years without seeing these characters, and then, you know, we think we're never going to see them again, and then they fucking show up, then that's just such a big deal, and it's it's too close right now to do stuff like that. It, it just, it, it's not meaningful, it doesn't have the emotional impact. Like, even seeing Cavill at the end of Black Adam, I mean, I guess I'm not the person to fucking say whether or not this emotionally impacted me, because whatever but even even then it just mm. felt like not much time removed like it there wasn't enough time removed where i was really freaking out at anything like that if we think it's all over and then 10 years from now we see a scene like that then my jaw is hitting the floor and i think james mm. gunn is savvy enough to know that that kind of thing would would move mountains i hope so James Gunn did address Superman. I got this. This is uh, from Dark Horizons in an article dated uh, today, December 10th, uh, when we're recording this. Today marks the 44th, 44th anniversary of Richard Donner's Superman, a movie still considered one of the greatest superhero films ever made and remains one of the most copied and honored works in the genre. Marking the occasion, filmmaker and new co-chair and CEO of DC Studios, James Gunn took to Twitter to commemorate the occasion. In the wake of the various stories, rumors, and conjecture flying around about the future of DC this week, one which Gunn is going to be a key part of shaping in the coming years, it was inevitable he was going to be asked about his plans for the character. One fan asked whether Superman would be coming back to the big screen soon, to which he responded, yes, of course. Superman is a huge priority, if not the biggest priority. Gunn also responded on a different thread to a fan who tweeted that Gunn does not like Henry Cavill who has played Superman four times now, most recently in a Black Adam cameo. Gunn was asked to comment on that claim and said, sure, false. When the original fan says he has heard from multiple people that Gunn doesn't like Cavill, Cav uh, Gunn responded, 
So weird. You seem so plugged in. Anyway, I just had 40 people reach out to me to say you just got kicked out of your mom's basement. So sorry, man. Uh, <laughs> Jeez. Yeah. Love that response. Yeah. Well, it was the, I think it was the guys from Den of Nerds that were saying that. I actually have the tweets pulled up on my phone. Mom's basement of nerds. Yeah, it was the Den of Nerds. They said James Gunn does not like Henry Cavill. And then someone said, James Gunn, care to to bunk this one? He said, sure, false. And then the Den of Nerds said, even more people have reached out to me since you said this to tell me you really don't like him. Just saying what I heard. And that's when he made the mom's basement quote. And then Den of Nerds replied, I don't know why you got so triggered, but after all the clout this tweet will bring me, I can finally move out of the basement. Ha ha ha. And then James Gunn was asked about green, any Green Lantern content. Gunn only responded important, though it did make it clear any report that Ryan Reynolds was intending to reprise the role for filmmaker Zack Snyder at one time were false. Um, so it's interesting to, that, that, that he says, you know, Green Lantern is important, but he said that Superman is the priority. That makes me think that Superman is going to be one of the first movies that we're going to hear about. He says Superman is a huge priority, if not the biggest priority. You say big priority, that makes me think that we're like, that'll be one of the first movies announced on your upcoming slate am i wrong to, th- to assume that no oh. not at all not at all and, and superman yeah. is the dc flagship character i mean yeah i know absolutely. batman is way more popular in many ways but superman is still the dc flagship character mm-hmm. can i ask a question mm-hmm. the okay so with the cameo after black adam and then the announce cavill's talking about coming back as superman that's all of media all of those announcements and things like that i feel like are typically fairly heavily controlled and monitored when you can say when you can't speak all this stuff is super top secret is it possible that with the complete reboot of the universe if superman's a priority cavill's just that superman or is it we don't know yet well, we don't, we don't know, but here's the thing. I, I, I don't know everything, but rumblings that I've heard, just like through different people that are, that are hearing from different sources. And this is going back maybe about a month ago, right after the announcement of Gunn, um, being, uh, you know, named, you know, him and Saffron being named like the heads of the, the DCU going forward is that it seems like, at one time, The Rock had a lot of pull and was able to make this happen for Black for the Black Adam movie. He got Cavill back as Superman immediately. I'd say within a week to two weeks after the announcement of Gunn, I was hearing rumblings on Twitter and on DC DCEU leaks that The Rock. And James Gunn were kind of butting heads over the future of the DCEU. I think this has a lot to do with it. I think I think Black Adam 2 has a lot to do with it, about that project going forward. And I think Cavill being Superman going forward has a lot to do with it. 
why those two if, – if the rumors are true that those two were kind of butting heads over the future of the DCEU, because you got to think about this, that The Rock had to go over his boss's heads to the main guy and get approval to get Cavill in that movie, which happened. And now you've got Gunn and Saffron in there. And now he's got to fight this battle again, right? Yes. So – these guys probably going to have a completely different direction than the one that Dwayne Johnson was wanting to go with. And it might not fit in with their plans. So all the things that he had worked for to get Cavill back, to get the Black Adam movie made, might be all made in vain with the hiring of these two guys. Which everyone, if we don't get a Black Adam 2, if we don't get Cavill back, James Gunn and Saffron are going to be taking the heat for it. But in all actuality, these guys, are, I think that they're just trying to do their jobs. And it's, it's for me, I was a fan of the Black Adam movie. I was a fan of Cavill as Superman. And it's unfortunate that they have to be casualties of all this. But in order for anything to really move ahead... And start over, I think they do have to wipe the slate clean. So I'm kind of, you know, I'm, you know, some of, I think it's, it's, it's a hard pill to swallow. Right, Philip? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it sure is. I'm, I'm a huge fan of Henry Cavill. Like both is like every interview I've heard him talk in and stuff like that. He just seems like such a cool guy that would be easy to talk to. And I loved him in Man of Steel and I was excited to see that cameo at the end of Black Adam, but it just makes sense that all this old stuff is going to have to go away um, to for for them to reset it and and hopefully do it in a way that it catches on more with with audiences at large the way that the MCU has because these characters are so huge and recognizable on a global scale it it makes no sense and it's continued to make no sense that th- that they're not popular and it just comes down to they don't do the interconnected universe right and they haven't hit the right stories that'll actually connect with audiences. And so I I really hope that even though it is a bitter pill to swallow, that if they do get rid of all these, the good with the bad, that what comes next is going to be the best we've seen from the DC. Right. But right there, that's the thing. All of this is contingent on the idea that what comes next will be the best. This is some really bad PR that they're starting off with. So already they have an uphill battle. And I'm not saying that there's going to be like mass boycotts or anything like that. But it's, it's uh, you know, it, it's that thing that Brian said earlier. It's like, why should why should I get invested in these new characters? So it is possible. I don't know how likely or not. Again, it depends on how good how good they are. But it is possible that the reboot might not do very well. And then what? And are are they going to you know bring in more guys to wipe the slate clean again? It's like, fuck! How much longer is this is this going to happen? So yeah, this whole idea is it's it's almost like we're we're it's kind of like a sacrifice. We're sacrificing the actors, the characters, these portrayals for, for the possibility of something better, but that could disappoint. Yeah, it could. My dog dog ran in here. (laughs) (laughs) 
Yeah, it could. Uh, it could. Um, it's all hope. <laughs> we don't. We don't know what we're gonna get. I mean, and, and we and we don't know. Like it'll be interesting to see. Like you know, if once what's gun and saffron go to Zaslav, if he's like, yeah, let's do it. Let's make this happen. Or if yeah. they, or if he's gonna be like, guys, yeah, we need to. You know, this needs. We need to. We need to put this back in the oven a little bit longer. This is half cooked. You know, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, and I feel like we've been saying I don't know for years now. Uh, I mean, like, because after the the theatrical Justice League came out, already by then it had been about a year since we were just like, we, we don't know if Ben Affleck is going to come back. We don't know if Ben Affleck is going to come back. And you know, he was he had he was going through a divorce. He had entered rehab, so it was all this. Uh, you know, I don't know if Ben Affleck is going to come back. I don't know if Ben Affleck is going to come back. And and then he was and then they eventually released the Snyder Cut. So he actually was back. And not only that, he had filmed new scenes for it. And then he was in The Flash. And then he was in Aquaman 2. So it's like we go so hard between like the pendulum swings so far between like, okay, it looks like this is what they're doing. Nope. Nope. Now I don't know. It looks like they're going in that direction. Yeah. Now I don't know. Well, so, and, and there was even rumors that, 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 uh, he might be getting his sequel movie that, that we might see the Joe Manganiello yeah. death stroke. There were rumors of that. Now the most recent rumor is that him and Matt, Matt Damon have started their own production company and that's going to be taking up most of his time. And so it doesn't look like he can come back as Batman. I think just like Yahya Abdul-Mateen was like, okay, I don't see a future playing Black Manta, but Marvel's got their shit together. I'll be Wonder Man. I think that Ben Affleck was just like, okay, I see what's happening here. Um, I'm out. I tried. I, you know, I came back, I filmed stuff. I, again, you know, the carpet's been pulled out from under me. What the rug has been pulled again. out from under me again. I'm out. I'm done. Have fun. Yeah. Do what you're going to do. And I think James Gunn is just going to be kind of like in the crossfire of all this. And I think he just needs to, I think at the end of the day, he just needs to rip the bandaid off and say, this is, I, I think he just needs to say, this is it. This is over. We're going forward in a new direction. What does that do for like this current slate of movies that are still to come out? I don't know. Maybe, maybe, I don't know. How are fans going to think of, of James Gunn just being tight lipped on everything? Those movies finally coming out. And then he says, okay, we're fucking done. <laughs> we're fucking done. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't know. Do you, do you wait? I don't know. I don't know. They, they were talking about it one time, even like I was, I was reading this. Uh, there was, there were talks about Deadline reported that there, that a uh, Hawkman spinoff was being developed. I heard about that too. That's yeah. probably over with, you know? So the, the same guy from Black Adam. <laughs> yeah. Aldous Hodge. Yeah. Um, the report claims that Black Adam's box office hall, coupled with its B-plus cinema score, is a sufficient basis to launch a franchise that will be better realized once James Gunn and Peter Safran reveal their DC studio plans. That's probably gone. James Gunn did address a lot of the stuff. Well, he, he addressed the Hollywood Reporter article, and this is what he said. So as for the story yesterday in Hollywood Reporter, some of it is true. Some of it is half true. Some of it is not true. 
And some of it we haven't decided yet whether it's true or not. Although this first month at DC has been fruitful, building the next 10 years of story takes time and we're still beginning. Uh, Peter and I chose to helm DC Studios knowing we were coming into a fractious environment, both in the stories being told and in the audience itself. And there would be an unavoidable transitional period as we moved into telling a cohesive story across film, TV, animation, and gaming. But in the end, the drawbacks of that transitional period were dwarfed by the creative possibilities and the opportunity to build upon what has worked in DC so far and to help rectify what has not. But in the end, the drawbacks of what, of that transitional period were dwarfed. Okay. Uh, we know we are not going to make every single person happy every step of the way, but we can promise everything we have uh, we do is done in the service of the story, and he puts that in, in caps, and in the service of the DC characters, and he puts that in caps, we know you cherish and we have cherished our whole lives. As for more answers about the future of the DCU, I will sadly have to ask you to wait. We are giving these characters and the stories the time and attention they deserve, and we ourselves still have a lot more questions to ask and answer. So... I mean, take from that what you will. It, it seems like, I mean, it, if you were to have me like try to like tell you exactly what they're going to be doing based on that, I, there's no way. It just sounds like they're tr- they're they're trying to come up with a cohesive story across the movies, TV, animation, gaming. That's it. And if I had to guess, in order to do a cohesive story and to serve these characters the best way by telling the best story. You have to get rid of the old and bring in the new. Absolutely. That's the only way 100% you, agree. you're going to be able to make a cohesive story at this point. Um, unless he does use the elements of the Flash movie to tell that story, which would have made a lot more sense had Aquaman 2 not come out after it. So I think it's just <laughs> – it's it's that fucking door. Who keeps <laughs> – <laughs> oh no, that's my chair. Sorry, that was. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> yeah, I, I think it's more likely that Gunn would set up his own crisis than use a Flash movie he had nothing to do with to set something of that magnitude up. I, I'm not surprised that he's not using that movie as connective tissue. Yeah, I think we're going to be looking at that. I think we're going to be looking at that movie and Aquaman two, basically closing the door on the Snyderverse and. Everything else going forward is going to be part of the the gun saffron DCU. That would have been a very appropriate time for the door nose D- door noise right there. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. What's up with that, Philip? You missed you missed your call right there. I totally set you up for the assist there, and <laughs> uh, Philip, man, what what are you hoping out of? Uh, out of all this, what are you hoping? Are you hoping Cavill fucking jumps, jumps ship and goes to Marvel? What's going on, man? Well, I mean, you know, there's some rumors that he is. Uh, what is it? That um, uh, Hyperion? Yeah, that's been. Yeah. Yeah. That's been I all mean, but yeah, debunked. Yeah. Oh, no, no, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, like even the rumor mill is is uh, conveying that they're just dropping out and um it's really hard to know what 
I would like to see because I am so fucking exhausted. <laughs> and I, I like I, it's even like in my voice, like my head is lying on my desk. Um, I, it's I'm like I said before, I'm just like I, I'm I'm sick of trying feeling like I have to like decipher meaning in diplomatic responses and and just try to see how it could and um i'm just like basically throwing my hands up in the air and just like fuck it like i i've i i feel like i can't keep doing this to myself it is exhausting and it's not in the same way like how we were Like spitballing theories as WandaVision was was going on and like all the different things could be this thing that was at least fun. This is no longer fun for me. Like this is no longer enjoyable. Like I said, I feel like I'm being abused and it's like I feel like I'm jumping ship now. It's um, uh, and if they're doing this all for the for the sake of building a better universe you would better not you guys specifically, but like DC, like you better hope it works because if it doesn't, then what, you know, and what they said, okay, that they're going to build a single cohesive universe, connecting the, the, the movies, TV shows, comic book uh, uh, games, all of that stuff. Yes. That is exactly what Lucasfilm did right after the buyout, they decanonized all of the EU. And they the reason they gave was the exact same one. It is so that going forward, we can build a single, cohesive universe connecting the movies with the comic books. And that has not happened. Like, I mean, it, it, Luke, a, a Disney Lucasfilm has retconned itself a few times over already. And so it's like in less than 10 years, they went back on it. Um, yeah, but they've still the never tied double- themselves to the EU. Oh, no, but uh, like even like... Oh, he's talking about the new uh, stuff, Jake. He's talking about... The new like, stuff, yeah. Even after starting over, they've basically, they've retconned some of like the, like their new canon that's supposed to be... Yeah, like 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 a, a case in point, the aftermath novels. Because um, um, I did I I didn't read it, but one of the aftermath novels it has um, like a scene with Palpatine, and he senses like an ancient dark sentience in the distance. Which the, the heavy implication was that he was sensing Snoke. So even like immediately post Return of the Jedi. They were already hinting that Snoke was an ancient, just unknowable evil out in the distance waiting for an opportunity to emerge. But obviously because what happened with the rise of Skywalker and then learning that basically Snoke was an avatar, um, that all went out the window. Like there were um, – uh, retcons uh, involving Ben Solo's like training and seduction to the dark side. So, it, so even then, that they gave the reason of we're doing this going forward. It's going to be a single cohesive universe, and even they can't keep it straight. So, uh, um, 
if this is going to be worth it, I hope that it will be worth it. I dude, I because if if not, what are you going to do again? If if not, I get dude. That, that's the thing. That's the thing. I, you're looking. I love yeah. what you're saying because what you're saying is basically like if you if what you're about to do, which is this ginormous task of rebooting everything. You are basically saying goodbye, good riddance to some of the things that some of us have come to love that we will never see again. Because, Jake, I know you're not a fan of like the DCEU in its current state. You desire more from it, and I get it. But then there are pieces of it that – Guys like myself, Joe, and Philip, and then and many others, mm-hmm. that there's pieces of this that we absolutely love that we have to basically kind of like say goodbye to, um, and know that it's not coming back. Like we're not going to get Gal Gadot again as Wonder Woman. Like that's over with. Like we're going to have to say goodbye to that, and we're going to have to say goodbye to Henry Cavill Superman. Like that hope that dream of him coming back and playing the character is gone. It's, it's dashed. It's gone. Um, Aquaman Momoa dead in the water, pun intended. Like these things are dead and we can't see, we we can't see like for as much as I am excited about like the new direction and what gun is capable of doing. I'm also going to have to say goodbye to some of the things that I love. And that probably means saying goodbye to peacemaker as well. Like season two being it. I know guns behind that. I still think never say never. I I still think we'll see these characters back. Yeah, maybe like in a in a multi like in a crisis thing going. Mm -hmm. I think if that was if that's the plan, it's not like Gun is going to tell us that now. Like you, he wants you to believe you're never going to see Cavill and Gal Gadot again because that heightens the impact of when you actually do see them again. Yeah, you see, that's the 4D chess element that I'm. I can't help. I can't let go is that what if all of this is a uh, is like purposeful like what if the, the 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 possibility and the worry that we might never see this what if that is deliberate so that when they do show up we are that much like more yeah and 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 willing to pay for it too I mean Jake as you said they did it in Spider-Man No Way Home and that movie made what was it like a, over like one about one point five billion. So it's like they have the dollar signs behind, like the rationale to do something like that. Absolutely, might this be four D chess that they're playing? Yeah, it, it might be, and that is another thing that makes it so difficult. But if it fails and we don't even get that far in it, like where? Yeah, they, where, yeah, that, that's I, true yep. as well. You know, that's true as well. So, like, where? Like, yeah. how far will this get them if it if it just comes out of the gate and fails? Like, we already thought that. Well, you know, the Suicide Squad coming out was going to be a huge hit because it's got the director from Guardians of the Galaxy, and what did that prove? It proved that and. Maybe audiences weren't ready to get back in the theaters, but it also proved that I think that casual audiences were confused by another Suicide Squad movie coming out, and it didn't matter who you had directing the fucking thing within the same universe. Yeah, it was it was massively confusing for people. Yeah, 
because it wasn't a huge financial success and it wasn't adored by everyone sadly like i loved it but not everyone did so yeah you guys are my friends and it makes me feel so bad that you're feeling this pain and i like i feel a tad bit selfish i mean you you talk about it being a hard pill to swallow for me it's a very like i can swallow this pill dry with no water and i'm ready to dust these bums away and move on to the next thing (laughs) (laughs) send cavill back to fucking netflix and i hope i never Wow. <laughs> I think he's a fantastic Superman. I don't get it. I don't get the hate for, for Yeah, Kyle. which which version of his Superman is the best? Because it's really never the same. Well, I mean, First, I don't I don't I don't blame that on him. I blame that on the on everyone. And I think like with him coming back and saying like I'm gonna have a little bit more control over the character this time had me yeah that that report made me want to roll over and die like i was just like oh no what 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 don't what like. is it about cavill that you don't it's it, so what is it about cavill in particular that you don't like and you don't trust well i mean because from what i could having- see from what i could see from like the the take of the character that he wanted to give us in this last black adam movie the character had the spit curl the character had the bright colors I mean, it looked like he was ready to play the version of Superman that he's been wanting to play, that they basically have been kind of like strong arming him not to play. And I just don't understand how you do that at that point with the same actor. Like, it just makes no sense to have that much of a tonal shift with the same character. I think it does. I think it does. In the first movie, Man of Steel, you've basically got an alien that has to kind of like adjust to the world seeing him like either as a threat or as a savior. And so there was sort of like this kind of like weird kind of God complex that he had to go through. But I think like once the people of Metropolis and the people of the world started to accept him as like a symbol of hope and realize that he wasn't going to get involved in like the nations and the country's um, battles and things like that. But he just stood for – um uh, he stood for hope and he, he was he was there for the people. He wasn't he wasn't there as like a, a figure of the government or something like that. I think then once once that character can bury like um, once he can gain that acceptance and bury those feelings that now we can look at a more hopeful Superman. So I think you just look at him as like a like as the the course of those movies, if they were doing them correctly from the beginning as a character arc, and now we get that hopeful Superman. Because that first movie, he Zack Snyder was trying to do it a little bit more realistically. Like yeah. like the this alien feeling out of place and how would the world view him? And I think like once once you get once you can kind of get him to the point where the people rally behind Superman and they love Superman that now and 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 now you can now you can build on that now you can t- now you can give us the more hopeful boy scout superman and not like the brooding superman that we got in the first movie i think you just look at the character's evolution and and that as an arc so i don't i don't i i don't think it's out of the realm of possibility that he could be more of like the Christopher Reeve hopeful Superman. I don't think that that was impossible. But also, just ju- right, it is impossible, and I-, I also wonder how 
how realistic is is trying to go for that particular goalpost? How how realistic is it? Because uh, trying to recreate the whole Richard Donner Christopher Reeve feel that was exactly what Brian Singer tried to do with Superman Returns, um, uh, and Brandon Ralph said um uh afterwards that he based his performance on reeve and i i mean look what that happened there you go there's the you know the 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 more like the bright colors the 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 richard donner the it, it even had john williams like uh theme in it and it didn't do what they were hoping it, it wasn't the tone that made that movie a failure, though. It said it was a two-plus-hour movie with two action sequences. Ab- yeah, yes, super boring. Yes, it. Yes, absolutely. I hear you, and yes, I agree. But it, they, that's still what they were trying to go for. They were going deliberately for the Christopher Reeve feel to it. Well, and I mean, unfortunately, not, this was it was a sequel. I mean, it was basically a sequel to yeah. Superman one and two, and retconning three and four. And it was a sequel to those first two movies. And that, I think that's part of like the failure there as well. Um, this, I think they're, I think they're pulling, I think you can pull stuff from the, from the Donner Superman yep. movies and inject them into the Cavill Superman. I think you can easily do that. You, you absolutely can. Yeah. But just like keep in mind that just doing that alone is not going to guarantee success. It still has to be done well, too. Right. No, I agree. Yeah. I still think it's easier to do with not Henry Cavill at this point. Yeah. Well, Cavill's definitely okay. capable of playing that that version of Superman because we got a glimpse yeah, of it. Yeah, that, that was my whole Joss point. Whedon like version it, of Justice League in the third act. That's my whole point is like it's not impossible. Like with, yeah, it's, even, it's with totally the, even with the first movie, you could still – that is still possible. I'm – at this point, with Gunn coming in there, I think it's going to be harder for him. I think the job would be much harder for him to work with what he has now to go forward than it would be to just blow the whole fucking thing up, sadly. Yeah, agreed. And you know, it's bittersweet to lose the parts of it that I do like, but – you know, I, there's definitely parts of it that we're losing also where I'm like – like Jake, there's parts of it where it's a very easy pill to swallow. And then there's other parts of it where – I don't want to lose Henry Cavill as Superman. The thought of losing Peacemaker like breaks my heart. That was one of the best Mar- shows of the year. And Margot movie. Robbie, Harley Quinn, gone. Yeah, yeah. And like especially with just recently with her saying that she's been fighting for years to have a romance on screen between her and Poison Ivy. It would be incredible to see. What did I say? Poison Ivy, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. He was okay. just reiterating. Yeah. Okay, gotcha. I was saying yeah. at the same time, yeah. <laughs> immediately second guessed myself like what did i actually say (laughs) (laughs) but like things like that like man it just breaks my heart that that we're not going to see more of that but man it it, it is a big gamble for them to do it because they are sweeping things away that are that do mean things to to the you know the hardcore dc fans out there and and even some of the casuals out there people have made connections with these characters over the last decade Mm -hmm. so it is a hell of a risk to blow it up but it's probably their best chance at getting it right yeah because it's been a mess an absolute fucking mess yeah um 
And uh, speaking of blowing stuff up, let's blow up this episode. I think we, I, I think we've covered everything that we can and I've still got a whole other episode to record, but I want to thank our guests for joining us on this one. Joe Stark. Thank you, sir, man. Where can people find you? Yeah, you can find me on Starkcast where I'm having long form conversations with people. Uh, the newest episode that dropped was with Joe Vitale from the Vintage Geeks. Uh, talked to Joe for over two hours. Um, talked a little bit about some of this DC news and stuff as well on there, but mostly just talking lots of random pop culture stuff and whatnot. And uh, had a great time talking with Joe as always. Uh, Stephanie. Mm-hmm. You're Hi. you're here, yeah. I am. Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, I forgot about Stephanie. I thought maybe I know. she was part of the Snyderverse and got <laughs> away. Oh, <laughs> yeah, Stephanie. Do you have a hard time injecting yourselves in in in, in these episodes sometimes? A little bit sometimes. And you guys are on such a roll and providing such good information that maybe it's best for me to just be an. an um, a, a listener. You have a Boo. voice too. You have a voice I too. Have a voice. I said something earlier, like yes. earlier on in the episode, and you steamrolled me a bit. <laughs> really? What? Did, oh. What was that? Oh. <laughs> okay. What did I? What did I do, Stephanie? You didn't do anything wrong. I adore you. It's fine. It's fine. No, no, no. Apparently, uh, you had to. <laughs> you had to make that known on this episode <laughs> that I steamrolled you. That that was a bit of that maybe that was a bit of an aggressive word. I- <laughs> <laughs> he was trying to help you steam rock and roll. Thank you. <laughs> that is a oh Jake. <laughs> only only hardcore listeners are gonna get that. Um She said it at the beginning of this episode. Did she? I she did. did. Oh. I, I was I, maybe I was steamrolling you back then too. <laughs> <laughs> but no, thank you, Stephanie, for the five sound clips of you talking on this episode. Um, Anytime, well, more like two. <laughs> I, I was being generous, Jake. <laughs> <laughs> Philip, man, it's always a pleasure having you on, dude. Thank again. Yes, it's always great to be here. Uh, in spite of what uh, vitriolic anger I expressed, believe it or not, I had a great time. This was the highlight of my week. There you so go. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Absolutely, I love being able to reach out to you and get you on episodes. So it's been a blast having yes. you. We'll have you back on, man. We'll have maybe Please. we'll ha- maybe we'll have you back on for James Gunn's first outing in the DCU, so you can talk about that <laughs> and pick it apart, man. That'd be fun. I was just gonna say, hopefully, I'll be in a better mood by then. But hopefully, we'll maybe see. now that's questionable. We'll see. All right, no, we definitely need to get you back on for the Flash movie. So yes, thank. Yeah. Oh, okay. All right. All right. Yeah, we'll get you on for the flash. But all right, guys, that is our uh, DCU <laughs> episode. A lot to talk about, and I'm sure more news is going to be coming out hopefully within the next few months, and we'll keep everybody posted. Until then, see ya. Later. Bye. Thanks for listening to Pop Culture Leftovers. Congratulations. I don't know how you did it. I couldn't do it. You people need a T-shirt saying, I just listened to two hours of nonsensical crap. Anyway, if you'd like to reach the Pop Culture Leftovers cast, you can email them at comments at popcultureleftovers.com. You can also follow them on Twitter at PC Leftovers or like their Facebook page. They'd love to hear from you. 
They're all pretty sad and lonely. One of them is homeless. But I didn't say that. There's already like 7 million podcasts Talking about pop culture and all that Makes us happy like shooting at a womp rat But it's all been done before and we don't want to be a copycat We're the leftovers picking up the scraps Dropped by the cool kids it, it, It's a trap!